Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Redbow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha y entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, the Extra Extra In podcast is back at episode 31. As sleep deprivation has set in, uh, at least at my house, uh, watching the Winter Olympics in Team USA, John Schuster and Nina Roth, up and down day on what would be their Thursday. Let me make sure I've got that right, because uh, joined by Dean Gimmel, the legend himself, and Joe Calabre. He's not really sure what day it is. We'll let Dean pop in here in a second. Is the legend is Chris Plies, uh two days ago references him as the legend, and then on CNBC during the broadcast he is referenced as the legend. So Dean Gimmel, who is working in Stanford, Connecticut, the NBC broadcast joins Joe and I. Guys, what's happening here? What a day yesterday! Uh, it was up and down, but uh, some good results nonetheless for Team USA. Hey Price, thanks for having me. Uh... It was actually legendary curler, Price, not the legend. Legendary curler. Hey. Legendary American curler, I believe it was, thanks to Bill Dolman on the uh, CNBC broadcast. Hey, <laughs> it's all the same to me because I was telling you the other day when, after I you mentioned that Plies had given out that reference, see, I, I think of legend or legendary curler maybe in the Ben Tucker sense. That's why I was refuting uh, the Dean Gimmel, the label to Dean Gimmel, but I can certainly go with that because you certainly are a legend, and, and I know you know you've known Joe for a very very long time. Joe, back me up on that. Yeah, you know, uh, curling legend is apropos. Uh, Dean is also a legend in the podcast industry as well, so yeah. works out real well that he's a guest with us tonight. Yeah, well, I don't know. Legendary even fits the bill, but uh, whatever. It was funny in a in a funny moment. So. Uh, there we go. All right. Um, so you're 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 uh, sleep deprived too. <laughs> yeah, it was a late night. Uh, slept about an hour and a half uh, before uh, Schuster's game got up. Uh, was up till I don't know about three o'clock. Couldn't go to bed. Wired, and you know here we go after about three and a half hours sleep. Get the kids off to bed. Back at work today. So it's going to be a real. It's going to be a rough few days. Uh, at least in my house. I know you're working incredibly hard up there, Dean. And real quick, uh, two things. As Joe, I forgot a couple shout outs. We forgot. Got to do the on last uh, two days ago on the podcast. Got to do it right now. Number one, shout out to Jeremy Rowe who hit me up playing 2018 USA Curling Club Nationals in Brainerd. Good luck to those guys. Good luck to all the teams playing there. And also a shout out, more like a our thoughts are with you to our man Sean Murray, whose father. Uh, passed away, uh, an untimely passing for Sean's father uh, earlier this week. So 
you know, certainly our, our hearts go out to him. Uh, is that was a, a bit of a surprise, is, is my understanding, Joe. Yeah, um, his father had had some some health issues, uh, but had been looking like things were were doing pretty well, and it was a little bit unexpected. Um, we're certainly wishing Sean and his family all the best. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep Sean and his family uh, in your thoughts and prayers as they move forward here in the next couple of days. But let's get to the action, guys. Let's get to the action on the ice, Dean. Uh, Nina, after a, let's just call it a very, very rough outing against Japan, especially that first half, they kind of get their feet back under them uh, uh, in their first game against Japan, which they lose to Fujisawa. But today, technically today, on Thursday over in Pyeongchang, they split a pair of games, including their first ever win over Great Britain, or excuse me, Eve Muirhead, 7-4 to four in the first game. And then they lose a really tight one against the Swiss 6-5. But all in all, after a rough, kind of shaky, nervous start, it looks like Team Roth has certainly got everything back under him, Dean. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, certainly their start was uh, was suboptimal or not ideal. Uh, but, you know, the win against Eve Muirhead, I think, you know, anytime you beat Eve Muirhead, even though I'm not convinced they're playing particularly well at the moment, but uh, you have to play well to beat them. Uh, you know, and then today against Switzerland, uh, I think they uh, maybe a few uh, strategic decisions that could be questioned in a post-game uh, recap with the team. Uh, they're not they're they played uh, relatively well, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think uh, you know splitting games with uh, the Swiss and with Great Britain certainly no nothing uh, wrong with that. I think that was that was a reasonable. Uh, expectation and then you know they lost the first game to japan and then japan's three and oh so uh you know i don't think we can read too much into the results to be mm-hmm. honest at this point yeah i mean in the six five loss to the swiss i mean tiranzoni jumped right on top of them five to one uh, leading after five but you know it was really a shaky second half uh, where she missed a couple double takeouts and I, I probably the best way to term that one guys is that I think Tiranzoni felt like they were lucky just to simply escape that one because Roth was was certainly applying the pressure late after, you know, Tiranzoni looked like they might cough that thing up, but relief for them uh, is what it appeared out on the ice for them to get out of there with that narrow win over Nina and company. Yeah, you know, I, I was always watching part of that game, and, and you know, there was a, a point in the seventh end where things looked like uh, were going to be – swinging towards Roth and eventually uh, Kieran's only got a blank end out of it. And um, it sort of kind of, I think propelled them, I guess, to, to kind of keep control of the game. Um, even though there was a steal in the ace, I mean, they, they didn't need to score that many more. They were, cause they had the lead going into the break. Yeah, you're right about that, Joe, that blank was big. Uh, and even though the score was getting tighter, uh, I don't know if uh, Tiranzoni ever felt like she didn't have control of the game. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the blank and seven was, was, was a big one for the, for Tiranzoni to get. And, uh, the, the Americans actually, you know, Nina and her team, uh, played a really good end, just, uh, you know, one miss by Nina late. And that was the difference. What about uh, on the women's side overall? I mean, we've only got to what three, I guess not everybody's played to full three yet, but there've been three draws. And you look down biggest surprise so far, Canada at O and two. Yeah, I think, sure, that has to be the biggest surprise of the event so far. Uh, but if you really step back and look at it, uh, there's a couple things about it. Team mm-hmm. Holman uh, is notorious for starting slow in big events. Mm-hmm. 
And and they played two good teams. Uh, you know, Sweden uh, and Hasselberg are certainly, you know, gold medal contenders. Uh, and South Korea uh, just beat Rachel Holman in the in the quarterfinals in uh, the Canadian Open in January. So uh, it's not like they lost to a couple of soft touches. Yeah, looking at that game against Korea, um, a couple of big steals by Korea uh, in the fifth and in the uh, ninth really were the difference in that game. Otherwise, I think Canada. Canada probably had um, them on the ropes, but if, if you're not making uh, your hammer in those uh, situations, uh, you're going to come out on the losing end. And Hasselberg right now, uh, Sweden 2-0, and uh, Japan leading the way on the women's side, 3-0, and Fujisawa. Uh, but Sweden, if, some, if you would have told me, if you would have said probably, what, a year, year and a half ago that Anna Hasselberg would be in the Olympics and would be 2-0 and right now, knocking off Rachel Holman. I, do you think there'd be a lot of people out there that would be nodding their heads and giving the thum- thumbs up to that? Well, I think some of the people who uh, are out playing a lot on tour and see Hasselberg play uh, would probably think that uh, that, that was realistic. Um, I know I talked to, when I talked to John Morris, just... Uh, Gosh, I guess last January I was he was in New York area and he said he thought Hasselberg might be the best shooter in the women's game. So uh, I don't think it's a big surprise. I think they put a lot of uh, time in as a team to sort of improve the way they function as a team. And that seems to be paying off this year. Uh, I know they're also working with uh, Jerry Gertz a bit uh, on really analyzing their game. So so those things uh, seem to be paying off. All right, real quick uh, on the women's side before we take a break and come back on the men's. What do you think about, does Canada 0-2, uh, Dean, you mentioned Homan notoriously so starter, but does Canada at 0-2 right now, do you think that in a way opens up the field uh, for the rest of the teams moving forward, at least at this point? Oh, I think for sure. I mean, uh, if you look at it now, uh, with Holman at 0-2 and some of the other teams uh, that that have losses, uh, it's easy to see six and three being good enough to get the job done and get into the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I think it opens up the number of teams that can get in there. Um, and maybe we even get to tiebreakers at five and four, but the other thing to remember at the Olympics is, is really, you just have to finish in that top four while you, you know, you'd like to get your choice of rocks and last mm-hmm. rock and all that. Uh, it's not a page system. It's just two semifinals. So uh, you're not getting a huge advantage by finishing first or second. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the men's side of things. Uh, John Schuster up against Team Italy, a surprising Italian team so far. We'll talk about that here as Dean Gimble, Joe Calabrese, and Price Atkinson will be right back here on the Extra Extra End. Gimbal, Joe Calabrese, and myself, Bryce Atkinson. Welcome back into the Extra Extra In podcast, guys, on the men's side. Right now, uh, Schuster gets a win out of the gate, but then takes on the Italians earlier today. And a surprise an Italian team, guys, at 2-1. and one, Their only loss was a, narrow, was a fairly narrow one to Canada, 5-3, to three, but then they knock off the Cruz and Company 7-4, followed by that 10-9 to nine victory over the United States and Italy, which was the final qualifier, I believe, into the field. They have looked, I, I think they have looked incredibly impressive so far. Does it catch up to them? We'll see. But so far, so good for the Italians, guys. 
Yeah, you know, um, Price, when we were at the Curling Club watching the opening round, and you know, we were trying to decide whether we wanted to watch the Italy-Canada game or the U.S. game, and we sort of gravitated towards the Italy-Canada game because it wasn't maybe the most entertaining game, but it was certainly very competitive, and, and Italy just came out of the gate, and they were just blanking things left and right, and uh, before you know it, you're halfway through the game, and it's a one-point game. Uh, it was quite the uh, interesting game to start it off at, to start off with. Yeah, Dean. I'm not, I'm not surprised that Joe Calabrese wanted to put the Italy game on, but uh, nonetheless. Um, my people. They, they're my people. You know, an interesting thing with Italy, uh, in some ways, they you got to go way, way back. They remind me a bit of, uh, of Igel Ramsfeld, Norway, back in the day, would, would not play many games. I mean, this was back in the 80s and uh, early 80s and late 70s. And he would play, uh, you know, literally like 20 games per season, which is, you know, that's a weekend or two for, for some of these teams now. Um, he wouldn't play very much, but he practiced a lot. And when he got to these uh, international events, he was good. And I think that's the case with the Italians. They don't play on tour a lot. They're not playing a lot. They're not one of these European teams that comes over and spends six months in Canada. Uh, but it, it sounds like, you know, and it, when you watch them play, they're obviously putting in the time in the ice and in the gym and, and, uh, and, and they're, they're good players. They, they can, they can play well. And that's the reality of the international game. Now there's just no, there's nobody at, at these events who, who comes up with uh you know, with a, and puts straps on the knee slider and goes out to play. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about the game, Dean, because 10, nine Italy wins. They defeat uh, team USA and company the teams trade singles. I mean, this was a incredible comeback twice by John and crew. They, trade singles in the first and second, but then they give up a five spot in the third to trail 6-1. Uh, yet you at Team USA comes back with three in the fourth and, and two in the fifth to have this thing somehow tied at six at the break. What happened in the third end where it just seemed to flip on uh, Schuster and company where they give up the five spot? Well, I think it was just sort of a, you know, some mental lapses through the lineup. And, and then John has a, you know, you know, even if he doesn't rub on his own, I think he's probably giving up three there. But, of course, he didn't think he'd give up five. But, uh, you know, and, you know, that's how it goes in curling, as we all know. But, uh, you know, five jumped out. I think what might have been more crushing, actually, was then they worked the next two ends to get back to even. Yep. And then come out after the break and drop that three. Absolutely. Uh, but credit to them for then, you know, climbing back in and and and, you know, Losing the game in the 10th end literally by an inch. So uh, if American curling fans are looking for something positive out of that game going forward, I think it's that, uh, you know, the team showed some of that grit that uh, a lot of us have watched them over the last Mm -hmm. few years know they have. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you real quick, Joe. To me... Like Dean just said, it wasn't the five and three. It was after they scrapped and clawed six six, go to the break with momentum, and that three to give up to Italy with the hammer and the six. To me, that was the crusher. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to uh, give up three in that situation. Oh, you don't want to give up three generally anytime, but <laughs> never yeah. after you've clawed back like that. I guess the thing that um, I find comforting is that. Schuster and his team are scoring a lot of points mm-hmm. um, in both their games. They, they, I think they're probably leading the pack in terms of number of points scored. They're able to play their offensive game. Now the question winds up, can they play enough defense to, to stop teams from scoring when they, when they uh, don't have the hammer? Um, and I guess it makes me feel a little more confident about them going forward, uh, maybe in a little bit more than, than in, in Nina's case, where they just don't seem to be scoring as many points. 
Yeah, Dean, what do you think about John and uh, the way his team's playing? I mean, it's only two games, but when just two games, the sample size, how would you assess John especially skipping so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Joe's right on with that. They they at least uh, seem, you know, so far they're able to apply pressure in a lot of ends. Like Joe said, generate a lot of points. And uh, as a guy who played on a team that generated a lot of points and also gave up a lot of points, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's a uh, – I, I'm more comfortable with the team doing that, frankly. And, and, and I think Joe's right in that when we watch uh, Nina and her team, uh, we don't see them applying pressure quite as much, although I, I think they've played well, but uh, maybe not, you know, generating the, the, that kind of offensive pressure end after end like, like Johnson and his teammates seem to be doing right now. Yeah. Upcoming schedule, uh, certainly tonight, 7.05 Eastern Standard Time. Team USA will go up against Sweden on the men's side. Nicholas Adin, a team that Schuster has had their number really the last year or so. So uh, I know that's uh, a welcome sight after a loss. Not to say you want to see the world's one of the top teams in the world, but it's a team that John and company have had success against uh, here coming up at 7.05 against the Swedes. On the women's side, next game, uh, they have the middle draw off before they will play. Uh, I believe that one will be technically Friday morning here against Denmark, 6.05 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so that's what's ahead with the two games upcoming for the men's and women's team. Dean, listen, before we get out of here, because we know we've got to let you go, you got tight uh, tight time there in Stanford. Just tell us tell us, and tell, really tell everybody what it's like uh, you know, working behind the scenes, something you've done before, uh, helping out with the broadcast there at uh, CNBC and the crew. Well, you know, it's a great, it's great. They have a, you know, a really great crew here that uh, I, I work primarily on the studio show. So that's mm-hmm. uh, Fred Rogan on CNBC. And uh, look, I mean, most of these people on the crew and in the production are, are brand new to curling. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they do get enthusiastic about the game. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, uh, one of the things about NBC and their broadcast that, that maybe uh, most of us in the curling community don't always recognize is they're trying to appeal to a broader audience and, and yeah. often an audience that knows nothing about the game. So, I mean, I'd actually like to see us do a little more explanation and education. Uh, some, some committed curlers might find that a bit tedious, but I'd like to see us do a bit more of that in our, in our commentary and in our studio shows. But uh I'm not entirely in charge of that, but I think they are, you know, conscious of, of people who are watching and, and we want to get them interested in the game. And I think, you know, we have a better chance of getting them interested in the game if maybe we're at times seem a little pedantic, but we are, uh, you know, trying to explain the game. And uh, I think we'll get more fans and, and more future curlers that way. You know, talking about uh, getting people more interested in the game, Dean, tell people a little bit about what's going on in uh, Bryant Park on March 1st. Yeah. Oh, great call, Joe. Uh, yeah, uh, so so I, I, I'm uh, one of the partners in an operation called Curl NYC with Dean Roth, and some people might know in New Jersey, and Chad McMullen out of Toronto. Um, but we are running a mini bond spiel in uh, Bryant Park in the heart of Manhattan. So uh, as I just posted on Facebook, the uh, it's an outdoor rink, so the conditions won't be championship. Uh, the ice won't be championship, but I think the uh, the good time will be. Um, so I think it's going to be awesome. It's too, you get to play a couple four end games. Uh, and like I said, even if the ice isn't great, it really is quite a magical setting. You're surrounded by, uh, you know, Manhattan buildings and, uh, Bryant park is, uh, really one of the great urban parks and it, it, it should be cool. So, uh, 
curlers and even brand new to the game should uh, consider signing up for it. All right, Dean, before we let you go, uh, just a shout out. Uh, speaking of a good event, I heard it was a great event you guys put on there in the Twin Cities, a, a special send-off, comedic send-off, if you will, uh, for the for the guys, for the, t- for the teams there. As you guys put together a, a pretty fun comedy show. I heard it was a heck of a night, and you guys had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, you know, that was a, that was a great night. Uh, some people might know I've, I've gotten into doing stand-up in about the past year and a half, so... Um, I brought in a guy I know called Ben Hague. If mm-hmm. you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Ben Hague Comedy. Uh, he's used to be in New York, but he's LA based. So he came out. We we actually had time. I took him to the St. Paul Curling Club that afternoon. So thanks to the St. Paul Club for letting us get on the ice, had him play two ends, and uh, you know, then I did about twenty minutes, and uh, we had a couple Twin City comics, and and uh, Ben did an hour, and he had a he had a ton of fun, and uh, I think uh, everybody enjoyed it. I know John and Tyler afterwards said they didn't even care if we raised money. They just had a really good time seeing all their friends and family getting together before and having a good laugh. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great night, and, uh, you know, I, I was happy to be able to do it, and uh, it, w- it was fun all around. All right, Joe, let's get out of here. We got the the man, the legendary curler himself, Dean Gimmel, also star of Inside Edition. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Dean Gimmel. You won't regret it, working up there at CNBC, the broadcast, and also one of, if not New Jersey's finest. But, uh, Dean, appreciate you popping on for a few minutes. I know it's a busy day. Look forward to getting you back on here, maybe over the weekend or early next week as we continue moving through the competition. Yeah, for sure. And listen, thank you, uh, Price and Joe and and Brian, who uh, works behind the scenes with all your stuff, uh, really thank you for all you guys are doing for, for the game, doing for the game. I know I had a great time when I was uh, doing commentary with you. Know, and I continue to be amazed by how you've grown this operation from sort of a shoestring to, to, to a serious production. So, uh, well, thanks so much, Jamie. Appreciate, appreciate your help. It. All right. All right, Joe Dean, that'll do it. Episode 31 in the books. We'll be back uh, again. Just follow us on, on Twitter at the 12th End Sports Network. Check us out on Facebook. We'll let you know when we'll be podcasted again. It'll be sooner than later, can assure you. But thanks for everybody listening. Blog Talk Radio, subscribe on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app on your smartphone. Go to tsn.us forward slash podcast to listen right there, myriad of ways. But we'll see you again here on the Extra Extra End Podcast with the 12th End Sports Network, powered by Suggestions. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick and loans, internal data. Points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing letter. License in all 50 states. And MLS consumer access.org number 3030.